The word of God comes in the midst of God's people. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter. Turning water into wine at the wedding in Cana is described as the first of Jesus' signs. Though many such epiphanies, Jesus reveals that he bears God's creative power and joyful presence into the world. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples also had been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the water jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine <coughs> and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our salvation. Amen. The first sign, the first miracle, the wedding. Water into wine. What's going on here? Why would John point out this first sign of Jesus in such simple terms and yet such powerful message? Let me take you back to John chapter 1 to help understand this. John chapter 1, verse 16, we hear these words. For from his fullness we all have received grace upon grace. I say to you this day that the reason this whole gospel of, Ma of the wedding at Cana is there is to announce to us the grace of God has again broken into the world. Ever been to a wedding? What are they like? Good times, right? Ever planned a wedding? What are they like? Not so good times, are they? I've been there for wedding plans, okay? And I know what families go through. And I know... We don't want here. We don't want And it goes on. We've got his, we've got hers, we've got ours, we've got moms and dads, we've got moms and dads. I mean, we've got the whole picture. It just gets very interesting, doesn't it? But it wasn't like that. 
in Jesus' time. Guess who got invited to the wedding? Everybody did. The whole town came. Can you imagine that? We have a hard time with those kind of concepts, don't we? The whole town came. Nobody was left out. In fact, here at this wedding, we don't even know who the wedding was for, do we? We have no idea. All we know that Mary was invited, the family was invited, and not only did the family come and Jesus was part of the family, but who else got there? The disciples too. So whoever was there got invited to the wedding. It was an open invitation to all. Take you back to the Christmas story. Do you remember the announcement of the angels? For this shall be good news to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. All. Wow. Maybe, just maybe, John points this out to remind us that the grace of God isn't for a selective few people. Maybe we need to understand that the grace of God is for everyone. You know, sometimes we have a kind of a tendency to limit the grace of God. Sometimes we like to say, well, it belongs over here, or it belongs here, or it's in my camp, but not your camp, it's over here. And, you know, we have a tendency to do that as human beings. Okay, And sometimes we limit that grace even when it comes, uh, and I know I'm going to step on a few people's toes, but that's okay, even when it comes to the Lord's Supper, which is the grace of God. You know, some of you can take it, some of you can't, and all the rest of that stuff, okay? But the grace of God comes to all people. It is. And I lay before you that what happened at the wedding of Cana is a reminder that the grace of God comes to everyone. But even more than that, we got some good engineers out here? We got some good math people out here? Okay, let me just read something to you. A standard bottle of wine is 750 milliliters, meaning a case of 12 bottles contains 9 liters, or 2.378 gallons. Got it? At 150 gallons per ton, a ton of grapes becomes 150 slash 2.7378 per case, or little more than 63 cases of wine. With 12 bottles per case, we have 756 bottles of wine. You got it? Jesus, in that instant, produced almost 1,000 bottles of wine. When's the last time you've seen a thousand bottles of wine? Now, some of you may have, you know, every once in a while on HGTV or one of those channels, they have these extreme homes. And every once in a while in these extreme homes, somebody has a wine cellar. And they're always really proud when they can have at least a thousand bottles of wine in their wine cellar. So Jesus, with those 30-gallon water jars, produces a thousand gallons of wine. And it's better than the stuff they served earlier. Most of you know what happens when you're at a wedding reception. 
Now, you, I know none of you have ever done this or none of you have ever experienced this, but you ever notice that by the end, toward the end of the wedding reception, what happens to the drinks? Sometimes they get a little more water in them than... Oh, the ice melts. Yes, that's true. So you get more water. I heard that. You know, I remember, I got good hearing up here, okay? You can't squeeze that by me, okay? The ice does melt, but I've also seen... But I've also seen that toward the end, I've seen bartenders and that because the bottles are getting low and all the rest of that stuff and they want to save people money, guess what they start doing? Okay, So start the service get, services gets a little, you know. So here we are. We got all these people at this wedding. They've all had enough to drink. I think if I'd been Jesus, I'd cut them off. But he produces a thousand bottles of wine. And it's better than the rest of it. What is that all about? And it says very clearly in there, the disciples saw what happened and they believed. They had what I like to call an epiphany. Suddenly something made sense to them. And I think as we are in this epiphany season, we need to begin to see this story about Jesus and all the wine and everything else that happened at the wedding of Canaan, about what it really is about the grace of God. For I believe this is a story about grace. Oh, let me give you another example here, something I, I ran across. Take this for example. And how many grapes per bottle per wine? According to the same source reference that I said to you before, 2.6 pounds of grapes yields one bottle of wine. Got it? So how much grapes is that in a thousand bottles of wine? 26,000 pounds. Literally over a ton of grapes. Are we trying to exaggerate? Are we trying to understand how great God's grace is for us? That in such a simple act, Jesus pours out even more than anybody could anticipate. Last Sunday, I had you come up here as you were coming up during the greeting of peace, and I reminded you about the first sacrament we have in the life of the church called baptism. We had a baptism at the 945 service this morning. Sophia, age 10 months. What did she do, what did she do to deserve the grace of God? Mm-hmm. And what do you do to deserve the grace of God? Or when you come up here, we're not celebrating it this morning, but the next time we celebrate it next week, when you come up to this table and you get the body and blood of Christ, what did you do to deserve that? It's pure grace. 
I see that's why John, at the beginning of this gospel, puts this story about Jesus at the wedding feast. He reminds us that all of God's grace comes to all people, and that grace is so abundant that sometimes it just, well, it's too much for us to take. You know, I often wonder, I wish John had finished the story. What did they do with all that wine? (laughs) Or maybe that's the whole idea of the story. You see, if it's about the grace of God, what do we do with the grace that's left to you and to me? When we come up here and we get the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Christ, the grace of God, how does that affect us? What do we do with it? Do we keep it to ourselves, you know, and it's just part of it? Is this grace and mass gift of God just something that we keep to ourselves? Or do we share it? Do we share it with others as God's grace? You know, we live in a world that we all get frustrated about. We have things happen in our own lives which we don't understand. Things happen in our families that just kind of sometimes knock us off the floor, things that happen to us personally, things that happen in our community. We pick up the newspaper, we turn on the radio, we see what's going on in the world around us, and our first question is, well, maybe not, but maybe we should. Where's the grace of God in all that? Or have we missed it? Where are we looking? What are we looking for? How does the grace of God affect you and me every single day of our lives? And when that grace is there every single day of our lives, do we have an epiphany? Do we understand it? Do you know what an epiphany is? An aha. I like to describe, you know that light bulb that comes on top of your head? Those were always, to me, epiphanies, okay? And sometimes that light bulb just shines like you know what, and other times you wonder whether it's still up there or not, okay? But those epiphanies are moments that God's grace, I believe, touches us to understand his love for us. Isn't that why he came into this world? Isn't grace why Jesus Christ came into this world to suffer and to die and to rise again? Listen. Hear. See. The grace of God that comes in ways we would never, ever expect it. Come back to the wedding at Cana. Come to that moment a long time ago when it seemed as though some kind of, you know, magic happened. Something there changed. All kinds of things. You know, most of us are good, and I know this. I've done it. Most of us are good in changing wine into water. (laughs) Think about that one for a few minutes, okay? (laughs) Most of us are good at changing wine into water. How about water into wine? How about the grace of God in our lives? And how do we share that grace with each other? 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and without him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only of the Father. In him we see grace upon grace. Come to the wedding at Cana. Celebrate. But not just changing water into wine, not just an extra thousand bottles of wine to drink, but celebrate the grace of God that's in your life. The grace of God that is there every single day. The grace that began probably for most of us when we were as young as Sophia this morning. With simple water, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The grace of God that comes to us every time we come up to this table. And we take that bread, which is the body of Christ. We take that wine, which is the blood of Christ. Which is pure grace. And that grace promise that he gave so long ago. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Pure grace, my friends. Epiphany. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding... Keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus now and forevermore. And all God's people say, Amen.